Hello again, and welcome to another Planet Beyond Shortcast. Brought to you by Fugro, the leading partner in uncovering geodata, from the greatest subsea depths right to outer space, and hosted by me, John Baston Pitt. Today, we're talking to Sammy Rains, Fugro's own astronaut in training. Let's meet her. Well, welcome, Sammy. Welcome to one of Fugro's shortcasts. Can you first share with us your name and your current role? And maybe just as a tantalizer, a little bit about your career journey so far. Absolutely. So, hey, uh, I am Sammy Rains. Uh, I am a senior innovation engineer here at Fugro. I'm a part of the Mars team working on IOVs. But that said, I kind of have two roles and I suspect the second one is likely what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I am also an astronaut candidate. So I, this year I've been through two rounds of training and I guess there's a bit of background on what I call my space journey. So I'm looking forward to chatting through that and sharing those details with you too. I, I'm just going to have to just stop and pause there. Did you just say an astronaut trainee? <laughs> yes. Yes, so official astronaut candidate. I'm still pinching myself. I found this out two years ago before COVID and I've been locked away without training. And so this year, finally, I got to go for training and I'm still having survived the training, I might add, pinching myself because I'm like, is this real? <laughs> is this happening? And yes, it is. It's legit. I have a spacesuit and everything. <laughs> this is probably a dumb question, but... <laughs> What, what, what are you going to share with us today? What part of all those things you've just introduced us to that you're currently focused upon are you going to share with us? What journey? What topic? Um, yeah, so there is quite a bit, but I thought it'd be good to go through my journey so far. So my what I like to call my space journey, because I feel uh, some of the things that have got me to where I am and to being accepted as an astronaut candidate is something you don't always see. You always sort of look back and you see that you're, where your path has taken you. And one thing I've sort of figured out along the way is you have to be something to be an astronaut. And so it's so that something that I was going to... you have to be something. You have to be something right. first. So, yeah, you can't just aim to be an astronaut is what I found. You have to be good at something and you have to have something first. So that's why I liken it to having, I have two mm. <laughs> careers really. I've got, you know, innovation engineer here and that leads into my space journey. And then obviously that's leading me towards being an astronaut candidate. I get this. So you're going to, you have to specialize in a topic that brings value to whatever space journey you're on. And then, and then of course, you're also an astronaut, which has its own challenges and things to learn. And, and I guess. As well. Yes. Well, come on, <laughs> yeah. tell us your journey. How did you get here? How did you yeah. get to being a space candidate? I know. Oh, it's still wild. I still pinch myself. But I, I mean, for those who can't tell, I am Australian. You might be able to hear that in my voice. Um, so I grew up in a little rural town, middle of nowhere. And for me, um, my dad was also into space. So just as a kid, just looking up, at the stars is what sort of motivated me but as a weird second playing video games and <laughs> I often get asked like you know how does that come into play uh, I think that having both of those pretty prominent in my childhood uh, enabled the curiosity and it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized 
it was actually possible to become an, an astronaut candidate. Um, obviously, I still have to go through all the training to just say astronaut, but being astronaut candidate for me is just huge in itself. Obviously, since seeing the stars, playing video games, bits and pieces, it was the video games. I was often curious as to how, when I press certain buttons, how did that character know how to move like that? How did he flip? Like, um, Banjo-Kazooie for me uh, was a huge one in my childhood. So, you know, for those who know that one as well, press some buttons, the bear doesn't flip. How did he do that? And it was that sort of curiosity that led me down this path. So I first studied animation. So I learned how to uh, bring characters to life and it started me actually onto web development as well. From there, uh, I'll spare all the details because there's quite a bit, but I ended up um, working as a software developer for quite a while. Um, and then I started, um, I created an environmental safety box. So I've been in mining and construction uh, here in Australia for a while and we've obviously got a lot of mines here. So one of the things I built was this environmental safety box used then, um, it had numerous gas sensors for toxic gas and the ability to send alerts and notifications over a network from underground. You didn't do this from scratch, did you? Yes, I did. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, anything, I will figure it out. I'm like, I'm determined. Wow. I'm, I was just fascinated. Even with that, I was just like, how do you read like gases in the air? And like, how does this fit in? And then it was from there, I actually um, ended up at a hackathon and it was a NASA hackathon and I built a jetpack rocket engine. So this one was designed for Mars um, and it ended up winning best hardware, which is hilarious because it was, I'd pulled apart a kettle, I'd gone to Bunnings, I'd made this thing and set it off inside and it flew and I won best hardware for that. So that then led to another thing, um, ended up working with Melbourne Space Program. They are just a university sort of little organization where we built a satellite for launch. So we built a satellite, we launched it, it's currently in orbit. And it was just these things together that just over time have just come to, I guess, put me on this right path. And um, I've studied, I went back, actually, I did my master's in computer science. And that then for me was the cementing sort of piece. That is what the something is that I need to be an astronaut. So for me, that's the one thing that I, I come back to and I make sure that that is at my center. That said though, as a fun fact and something that's also helped me, I'm also a diving instructor. Um, so I specialize, <laughs> I specialize in shipwreck um, diving. I do a lot of uh, photography, conservation diving as well, night diving, deep diving. And I also do adaptability. So for people who might have um, missing limbs, for example, or might be blind, I help them to dive as well and help them and their body to both dive together. So it's just all of these things have sort of added up over time. Again, if I'd like, you don't realize when you're on the start of your journey, what's gonna help. And it's just looking back. So it was probably, I think about eight years ago, I was like, actually, this is possible. I can do this. And so I've just been going for it ever since. And yeah, as of, I wanna say two years, I think it might have been three. I'm a little lost at times <laughs> timelines with COVID. Um, I got my official acceptance letter. Wow. I mean, it strikes me 
that these random other things haven't just fallen into place and aligned. You know, the diving even seems to match up with your ultimate goal here, doesn't it? I mean, that sort of training is perfect for space, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's actually something I found this year when I went through my training. So my first round of training, I know no details until I get there, which is a bit daunting, but it was microgravity simulation in Lake Tahoe. So I needed to be underwater, which was perfect for me. So it's an environment I'm completely comfortable in. So it's, again, all these things just sort of add up to this experience. And there's not a lot you can do to prepare. But I think, you know, you find along the way that things help, which is cool. Yeah. Goodness me. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to explore. I, I still find it difficult to believe that... Uh, it's just gone one, two, three. Have you come across any barriers that you thought, no, hang on, I can see where I want to go now and this is sort of stopping me. Um, I'm going to do something about it. Anything like that? Oh, absolutely. I have had challenge after challenge. It certainly hasn't been easy. Um, mm. Things from just um, being accepted into my master's, first of all, that was um, a tough one. It's been just interesting in terms of, application processes and things you don't get the full picture of a person and I actually um I had a university trying to push me towards a lesser degree um even with my experience matching it was just stuff like that so that sort of helped me up and I was like no no I do have the experience for this like <laughs> please put me in computer science um so that was one but then I think the main one um, and I think this will probably surprise, surprise a few people is Australia does not have an active astronaut program we have uh, the Australian Space Agency now, but we do not have an active astronaut program. So for someone like me who wants to be an astronaut, I've had to find another way. Um, yeah. And so I've managed to find there's, thankfully, we're in, um, you know, new space era. And obviously, we're heading back to the moon. We've got the Artemis missions. And it's then allowed a lot more to happen in the space sector. So there's been newer companies pop up and... I guess they don't have as many uh, restrictions as, say, NASA or ESA. So then that way we've got, and especially the ones that I'm through, um, looking for just a, a younger crew to go through and just change the way that we send people into space. So thankfully I've managed to find an option and there are more options becoming available to people, which is great. But that's definitely been a huge one for me is how do you, for a country that doesn't have an astronaut program how do you become an astronaut <laughs> yeah. wonderful and you mentioned a crew there how many people are we talking about going through this program with you so i'm one of 18 which is incredible so just 18 of us globally and that's it and we should hopefully all pass the aim is for us all to pass and for us to all be in space within six years i'm always interested in the the selection funnel can you give us any perspective of how wide that funnel was at the outset? You got down to 18 candidates. How many people applied? Oh, thousands, like thousands upon thousands applied. And again, it was just, uh, it was my diving that stood out that actually helped me. Um, and it was just the, again, the things I've done in my sort of background, like um, being within, I think, the space industry already, like the satellite experience has helped. 
and especially the engineering computer science background. So, but it was, I've been told it's my diving that was the thing that stood out, which I'm super fortunate for. Um, and obviously that helps me with my role here at Figaro too, because I work on the ROVs, so that's helpful. <laughs> I can already tell from the words that you've shared with us what this means to you as a person. Is there anything you can share with us which gives us an idea of the greater, the wider impact that you feel your contribution, if you get into space, can make? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely something I'm very passionate about. And I have my own motto of sorts on this, and I refer back to it during my, my training, and that's to continue looking after Earth while aiming for the stars. Obviously, computer science is at my center, and I just think technology can impact in so many positive ways. Um, things like bushfire prevention, uh, deforestation, conservation, like there is so much we can do, and I hope to drive that a bit further. And then at the same time, I think space can also help with life on Earth too. So things such as food systems engineering, uh, water purification systems, Earth observation, like there is so much that we can both learn from each other and you know bring back to earth or bring to space i think they're both very interconnected and i think definitely um using the resources to help life on earth i think it has to come back to that i know you've you've probably reached the top now in that you're on the planet beyond podcast but it strikes me that others probably want to hear your story your journey so far has that happened do people do schools ask you to come in and talk about what you're doing or is it very early days uh, I've spoken with a few schools actually um, it's always good to go chat with them I think uh, just the excitement you get from kids and the questions is just amazing I love it but I think it is still early days um, I've sort of been hanging back in a way because I, I wanted to go through some training first so didn't want to Put anything out too early but now that I've gone through some training and stuff I'm hoping to do a bit more and just around community engagement and again I guess to your previous point like bringing it back to earth like I don't think people should be deterred like they are like me they've come from a rural town their country doesn't have a space program like anything like that I think it's all about life back here um, and so you know I'm hoping to do more and just share anything and everything with everyone at any point. <laughs> I love that phrase. It's all about life back here. Even when we've got our eyes set on the stars, so much of what we're actually trying to achieve is a difference back on this planet. I think that's wonderful. Yes. I have to say, if you do get to, to Mars and, and there's a problem with the jetpack, let's hope there's a kettle in the canteen there <laughs> because you're the person to go to, eh? Absolutely. Sammy, I know how to break a kettle, that's yeah, for sure. It's me. Sammy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. And good luck with all your training. And I, I look forward to sitting down with my sons and daughters one day and saying, I spoke to that lady. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've been listening to a Planet Beyond Shortcast. Until next time, be safe, be remarkable, be the difference.